大家晚上好，这里是正在为您直播。Welcome to Merrick's Experts, the podcast that provides analysis of current affairs in China. Hello and welcome. I'm Ruth Kirchner. My guest today is Thomas Eder, research associate at Merix here in Berlin. We're discussing the South China Sea and the upcoming decision by an international tribunal on China's maritime claims. Tensions have been rising in recent years, mainly because China claims virtually all of the South China Sea, along with its reefs and islands. Many of China's maritime neighbors disagree. They have their own overlapping claims in those waters. One country, the Philippines, took their dispute with China to an international tribunal in The Hague, in the Netherlands. Thomas, a decision by this tribunal is expected probably within the next few weeks. What is this particular dispute all about? This dispute doesn't concern the two flashy questions of who owns which islands and where are maritime borders. It's the more boring and technical questions of what is an island under uh, the law of the sea, what is a rock, uh, what is a low tide elevation, as well as is China's nine-dash line legal and are Chinese activities in this region legal? Now, why is it important uh, whether a feature in the South China Sea is a rock or an island? Well, under the law of the sea, only an island can claim an exclusive economic zone of 200 nautical miles around it. A rock can only claim territorial waters of 12 nautical miles, and a low tide elevation can claim nothing. Any inkling which way the Court of Arbitration's decision might go? I expect it's going to be a mixed result. Uh, the Philippines are probably going to win only on some accounts uh, and lose on others. Okay, so we're expecting a mixed result, uh, but China has already said that it's not accepting the court's authority. How come? Isn't China a signatory to the UN Convention on the Law of the Sea under which the tribunal was created? Indeed, China is a party to this convention, but it has issued a reservation to compulsory jurisdiction for cases of uh, maritime border delimitation. The problem for China is that the tribunal has said the island or rock question doesn't concern maritime border delimitation. It concerns a technical question of how the convention is to be interpreted on the issue of islands or rocks. This might have implications for maritime borders, but it's not directly asking that and the tribunal has therefore said we do have jurisdiction. So that means that potentially this tribunal's decision could reduce both countries' claims um, over territory in the South China Sea? It could definitely reduce Chinese claims by a lot because the Chinese mainland is far away from the Spratly Islands. Uh, the Philippine mainland is closer. Certain features would be within uh, 200 nautical miles of exclusive economic zone that could be claimed from the Philippine mainland. Certain reductions, though, might be in the cards for the Philippines as well. So a very complicated case and one that China won't be accepting. What kind of impact then would the court's ruling have on the already fairly high tensions in the South China Sea? The Chinese side is probably going to feel uh, the need to assert itself on the ground after losing, even though it didn't participate, at the tribunal. This might mean an intensification of island-building activities, of Coast Guard patrols, probably uh, certain standoffs with other claimants, fishery flotillas, 
we might see more military installations on Chinese-held features. And there might even be the declaration of uh, an air defense identification zone uh, like there has been in the East China Sea. But uh, something like that would certainly raise tensions with the US, which is already watching very suspiciously China's activities in the South China Sea. Indeed, we have to expect that the United States is going to intensify its freedom of navigation operations as it calls them, uh, where United States naval forces sail through the area and close to Chinese-held features to contest uh, what the U.S. says are excessive Chinese maritime claims. What is more, the United States are probably going to launch a very intensive diplomatic campaign, some have already called it shamefare, to mobilize support for its position in the region. This is Merrick's Experts. With me is Thomas Eder of Merrick's. We are discussing tensions in the South China Sea and the upcoming ruling by an international tribunal on a dispute between the Philippines and China in those waters. Thomas, this ruling in The Hague, um, could it actually set a precedent uh, for other territorial disputes in the South China Sea? Well, certainly the other claimants to the South China Sea, Vietnam, Malaysia, Brunei, they are going to watch these proceedings and the result very intently and uh, are going to try to build on them. And uh, clearly it is going to be of great consequence to them whether there are islands and which in the South China Sea, because they are much closer than China with their mainland coasts to these areas and um, the less islands there are, the more of the waters they can claim undisputedly from their coastlines. What about the famous Nine Dash Line? That is the line that uh, China uses to demarcate what it calls its historic rights in the South China Sea. On these questions, the tribunal has not yet decided whether it actually has jurisdiction. It is still deliberating on these matters. I think it is rather likely that it is going to strike down the nine-dash line. Historic rights are something uh, rather specific under the law of the sea. It might be the baselines from which you measure maritime zones. It might help you delimit territorial seas of opposing coastlines. And it might refer to fishing rights. But China never made clear which of these or other the nine-dash line should should refer to. So this makes it easier for the tribunal to see it as not in line with the law of the sea. Now, a rejection of the nine-dash line is uh, certainly something that China is not going to accept. Uh, why is China so adamant that the South China Sea is all hers? It, it must be more than just about fishing and oil and gas reserves. Aside from these economic aspects, China has certainly told its population and uh, internalized that this is inherently China's territory. And it is very hard to take a step back from that. It's certainly an important part of Chinese nationalism by now. And um, in the domestic discourse, it might be a tough trick to pull off after all these years, to now suddenly say, well, actually, we didn't mean it. And actually, uh, these are all lines that are open for debate. And we now will come to uh, a quick solution with all other claimants that we have partly willified in the past. It might be a course that 
the Chinese government will at some point feel it has to take, but I certainly do not expect that right now. Finally, Thomas, the South China Sea, at least for us Europeans, is very far away. Why should we care about a decision that involves some rocks or islands or coral reefs? I think we should care because of the triple challenge that emanates from this issue. A challenge to security, to geopolitical frameworks and to normative order. The trade that goes through the South China Sea is to a very important part, more than one trillion US dollars every year, European trade. If the security of that trade route is endangered, then this concerns Europe. This would obviously pose a global security challenge and Europe is on the globe. As for uh, geopolitics, if power balances shift in this region and uh, alliances and networks globally are challenged as a result of it, the result of a standoff between China and the US, this will also concern the transatlantic partnership as far as there are somewhat different positions and the US would wish for uh, Europeans to take a more robust, as it were, line on the issue. Finally, and this goes to the very identity of Europe and the European Union, if the international normative order is challenged, then this is something small European states rely on very heavily and which needs to be defended. So, disputes over rocks and reefs and a decision soon by the Permanent Court of Arbitration in The Hague that could have far-reaching repercussions. Thanks a lot, Thomas, for sharing your insights. That was Thomas Eder, Research Associate at Merricks here in Berlin. My name is Ruth Kirchner. Thanks for listening and bye for now. You have been listening to Merricks Experts, the podcast from the Mercator Institute for China Studies in Berlin. If you want to learn more about our work, please visit us at merricks.org.